Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, the podcast about uh, the struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Bissell. And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we talk about different filmmaking subjects um, and give you our point of view on them. Not as experts, but just as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. <laughs> good, good enough of an intro? <laughs> it's interesting to hear you wing it because the, the word choices that you make. I change it slightly. Filmmaking huh? topics, it's filmmaking subjects. Was the one thing that stood out to me. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's go in. Let's have a whole episode just uh, you know talking about how I changed the intro without a script. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. This is going to be our first episode in like I don't know two months where it's just Timothy and I talking. Um, mm-hmm. It's been at least that long. Yeah, I feel like the last time we recorded one, I was talking about what's his butt who directed the Star Wars movie, Gareth Edwards, and his keynote speech from South by Southwest, and I was in Chile when we recorded it. Yeah, and so I think I had just finished that Ink Academy shoot that I um, was like field producing on. I just remember being really tired and like <laughs> being really happy that I was had my life back. <laughs> it's been a busy start to the year. Yeah, not only with the podcast but with the, all the other stuff going on in our lives. And I kind of feel like the one that we did before that we was like we were just wrapping the music video so like we were really tired from that so so what have you been up to timothy the last three weeks i've been in japan on vacation so i just got back this is my first week back at the office the last 21 days i haven't done anything i just been (laughs) (laughs) relaxing and enjoying life I guess the one big thing on that is just I feel like I haven't really done anything in almost a month. And it's hard not to feel after like taking a break for 21 days that um, the time is wasting, that you just like, there's so much stuff that I need to do to get my feature film made, just to get my career off the ground, that taking 21 days off, as good as it is for like my soul, it also feels like, oh man, I just, that there's a big chunk of this year that's gone. Yeah, no, I hear you. But I mean, it's also just because it's like late in the in the year. I know, it's almost June. But you did a lot of things like, you know, you made that music video in the beginning of the year and a lot of other things happened. So it's like, you got to really take those successes and, and not like just toss them aside. And I was so burned out too because of that Comcast job that I just finished that I really needed that vacation. And so I did go into that vacation very excited thinking, all right, I'm going to do all this stuff. Like I was pretty motivated to write my screenplay. And then when I actually got to Japan and started waking up in the morning and enjoying my days, I realized, you know what? I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to like enjoy and just have fun. Yeah. Just relax and enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what vacations are for or they're supposed to be for at least. So that's good that you took advantage. I think it's hard sometimes when I don't know how you feel, but I feel like in some ways I'm a workaholic that I just, it doesn't feel right if I'm not working. Right. That it's hard for, for us to like actually disconnect and take a break. For me, once I do it, it's hard for me to get back into work. Like I could do that forever. I could just not do anything for the rest of my life. If I had a bunch of money, I'd probably not do anything. Yeah. It's so easy not to do anything. I don't know. You think if you had millions of dollars, you just wouldn't do anything? I don't don't think so. I don't know. It feels so nice to just not worry and not be stressed out about stuff. Yeah, but you got that fire, man. You got that passion that you uh, you have to tell your stories. So I, I don't know. I don't think yeah, that you Yeah, we'll never know because uh, I don't have millions of dollars, so I have to work. And once I'm 
at work, I feel like once that, that kind of like the momentum of work gets me going, then it's just it's much easier just to fill all my time with work stuff. Yeah. But when I'm just relaxing and not doing anything, it's just like, yeah, this is pretty nice. It's pretty great. Yeah, awesome. So now that you're back, do you have like a checklist of things that you want to start working on or or steps to take to get your movie written or anything like that? So Artifice is kind of like the big project that I'm working on. I've been writing that for a little over a year now, and I'm not totally clear what the next steps are on that project. I've kind of stopped progress on it, and a big portion of that is just being really busy at the beginning of the year, but also my writing partner, Mark, moved away from San Francisco, and so we haven't been able to meet up, which slowed us down a little bit, but... I have like all these new ideas and I don't know if I want to like drop them into an outline or if I just want to try writing a draft. Right now I feel a little overwhelmed with what I need to do to get that project done and so that's kind of paralyzing me in some ways. Like I know that all I need to do is just like take a step each day and if I take a step each day in a few months I'll be done with it but taking that first step is kind of hard right now yeah well is it do you have a draft already or is there just an outline or what it's are you... all outlines we've just been doing outlines over and over and over again yeah I don't know you should just find the scene that you're most passionate about and whether or not that's in the beginning middle or end just write that scene that like you have the most fire for yeah and then build around that that's interesting Advice I'm not taking myself, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think right. about that a lot. Like that you should, you know, don't worry about trying to start the the beginning of the story. And sometimes, I, right. I mean, you know, writing at the, the last scene first is sometimes helpful if you can do that, which is what yeah. I did for the alternate. But. I think I just need to write a scene and just start writing. Because for me, once I start writing, it's the same thing as like working is once I get that momentum going it's hard for me to stop but like right now because i have no momentum it's easy just to not do anything at all yeah but that script i know it's going to be good it's taking so long to figure out like where to go with it like every single time i feel like <laughs> i figured it out then i find some flaw in it that unravels the whole thing and then have to like solve for that and then i solve for that i was like yes all right back on it so i think i solved a lot of the the new problems in it and uh, i'm excited to get back to it I did actually already write like 10 pages of it because I applied for the Sloan grant with oh, right. uh, San Francisco, um, what is it, San, San Francisco Film Society? Mm-hmm. Do they even call themselves that anymore? I think Just so. like SF Film. But yeah, that sci-fi grant I applied this project to and they required 10 pages of the script which I didn't have. Yeah. So I just like wrote it quickly over a week or two. So I have those 10 pages, which those might be a good place to just start and, and to get back into it. And how did you decide what, what 10 pages to write? Was it just like the, what you thought was the most exciting scene in the movie or how did you go about that? I just picked the first 10 pages because those were the ones that I was the most sure on. Okay. Those are like the first part of the movie is the part of the movie that hasn't changed in like half a year. Everything mm. else keeps changing. So mm. I wanted to just get down what I knew wasn't going to change. Mm. And I like it a lot. I think it's like the scene or scenes that I'm the most excited about. Nice. Well, is it still three actors in one space for the whole movie? It's mostly one actor in a single space. And yeah, and then there's like a few other secondary actors that come in and out. Mm.
Do you ever leave that space or is it that one space the whole time? Right now, we don't leave that space. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> from a production standpoint, that's nice. But I think from a <laughs> storytelling standpoint, that's challenging because, yeah. you know, making a story interesting in one space, you know, you have to have really great actors and really great writing. Not saying that you can't pull it off. I just, you rely sometimes on location changes to help keep things dynamic and interesting. Yeah. Trying to use um, rear window as kind of like the guide guiding light because mm. it's a similar type of story where it yeah it's, it takes place in one house but it actually has to do with the neighborhood so oh, okay in, in the same way that rear window takes place in that one apartment it has to do with like that apartment complex there is story elements that happen outside the house that she sees mm. it should hopefully open up the world enough that it, it's more exciting than just that one one section of the house i don't remember the name of the movie but it's like elijah wood and that woman who sasha gray yeah, sasha gray what's the name of that movie do you know what i don't remember called? i saw it though you saw it yeah okay yeah. i saw it at, at a film festival and it was it was good it was cool i just now when you're talking about this idea it reminded me of that in some yeah. ways although they they do i think a lot more movement and i don't think you're gonna do the same kind of gimmick as far as how to shoot it either right you're gonna no. shoot it more traditionally yeah yeah definitely more traditionally i thought that was fun and cool and all but um i'm addicted to the old school way of shooting a movie well, not this whole found footage thing not other <laughs> forms the of gimmicky yeah yeah like oh we're only gonna show you what, what, you, what they see on the computer screen like i mean that's cool, but I just think it's more fun to just play with the traditional tools. A gimmick does help sell a movie, though. Yeah, that's true. How about you just make a good movie? That's that's what I'm trying <laughs> trying to have sell my movies. Just make it good. There's always that. Yeah. Two other things before we move on to you. Of um, course. One is so when we talked to Yumi, I don't know if you noticed this, but in one section of that podcast, I was complaining about how I didn't have a script to shoot my like twenty five thousand dollar feature. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have one for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I, I followed up with her about that. And she sent me a script. And it's very much in the vein of Spirit Machine, which is oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, cool. So her and I have been talking about that. And so there's a potential opportunity that there's this low budget feature that Yumi has that, um, yeah, if we can figure out a way to shoot it cheap enough, I'd definitely be interested in doing it. I think if it turns into like, a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars and at that point i'm probably just gonna focus on artifice but if we can do it for yeah like 25 or even 50 grand seems pretty solid could you really do it for that for that little i don't know that's what i'm curious to work with yumi because she's she's the one who mentioned that budget to see like what her breakdown looks like because like i don't right. know how to do it for that price but if she can figure out a way to do it and and it seems like good thinking then i mean that's not an impossible sum of money to raise. Seems pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I remember that part of the conversation, and I was like, what about me? Me too. <laughs> um, but I was like, well, you know, I'll let Timothy, uh, you know, follow. I'm trying to get her to help me make my other movie. I'm not going to be like, and oh, I heard about this other movie that you mentioned in the podcast. It's like, ah, let's let Timothy, if he wants to follow. I didn't know if you were actually going to follow up on it or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's cool. I, I figured you probably would have, you know, I would have. I totally you. forgot about it, like, uh, but while I was editing, it came up, and I was like, Oh, oh, I'll have to check in with her about that. Nice. So what, is there anything happening with that? Are, are, does she have money for it already? Or is it no. just like super early? It doesn't sound really promising after I talked to her. and Actually, we didn't talk. We've just been emailing, but I talked to the writer. Um, and 
it doesn't sound like they have anything lined up. When I first, when she first emailed me about it, I thought they had kind of like a bunch of resources all lined up and they just kind of needed some momentum to get it going and maybe getting a director involved as part of the reason that that, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then after I talked to the writer, I realized they don't really have anything. And the writer was even skeptical they could do it for like 25 grand. Oh, yeah. So... We'll see. I'm not sure it's going to go anywhere, but it, it's cool to just have like an opportunity to be pursuing. That, that would be awesome, man. You I know. mean, $25,000, first feature is like what, you know, everybody wants, except it's just like for me, it's not what everybody wants, but it's like what I think <laughs> we've been talking about lately. <laughs> well, we, is like, well, yeah, what we've been talking that's about. That's what it takes to get going. A lot of guests have said that. It's like, oh, well, don't, what are you insane? You think you're going to raise $100,000 um, <laughs> as a first time director? Right. Go yeah. make a ten thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar feature. You know that's what everyone keeps on saying. I don't know. I keep on shooting higher than that. You know, and I kind of feel like it's fun to shoot for what you think you need and and what you want to make your movie. And it's like if then that if that fails, then you know reconsider. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I I wanted to ask another question. So you're talking about having ideas and putting them into an outline. That was all for Artifice. Like, do you have any other ideas for other yeah. movies that you're working on? Or yeah, I have another idea. I don't know if I told anybody on the the podcast yet. Yeah, I think I mentioned this that my boss is a musician, and every year he makes this kind of music video or musical video for our Christmas party. Mm. And every year I see it, and I'm and I'm like, it, it touches me emotionally, and I'm just like, man if I could like write the right story around this guy and around this music like it would immediately be like this an an emotional thing so him and I have been talking about a screenplay very small budget Um, this might be another kind of like $25,000-$30,000 feature film where you could shoot it kind of like once where Mm, you just need a few characters you make it a a small musical and yeah so I've been talking to him about that I haven't done a bunch of progress on it it's really hard to like work on multiple projects at a time I find you know you kind of get distracted by one and then you don't work on another so I did actually on my Japan trip I started working on a really rough outline of that movie um and i have some ideas in my head about what that looks like and i just want to kind of get it on paper like a one sheet and give it to him so that way we can just kind of get on the same page about where we're headed with it and his idea is to find another screenwriter to write it uh he would write the music if we can get another screenwriter to write it that would help alleviate you know the amount of work that i have to do Mm. Um, and then i can just kind of like oversee the story development part of that so that's another thing that i'm pursuing that one's like very small kernel of like progress right now Mm. and it's kind of weird too like as a a film for me because i feel like i'm like so interested in genre stuff to like do a small dramatic musical seems like a weird step for me but at the same time i'm excited about it and they're, they're i like those kind of movies so yeah I don't see any any harm in pursuing it. Well, it's still like a genre movie because it's not just a drama. It's like a musical <laughs> right. drama. So it's still like its own oddball thing, which I think is part of what um, like, you know, genre directors like. It's like you, you want something that isn't just like a regular drama yeah. or, you know, indie movie. It's like it's got to have its own little twist or yeah, little, a little edge. Edge, exactly. And yeah. Uh, I think that edge can come in lots of different forms, you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of what I see. Yeah, like horror comedy or anything. 
Yeah. So last question for you. Do you have any other projects in the works, like smaller form? Like are there short films that are percolating, another music video, anything else that's like more shootable that you're working on? Or are you just focusing feature land right now? Like that's all you're doing. Alex Kellerman and I have been talking about a short film that he wrote for me. Uh, that oh, he wrote he... your short film? Oh, yeah. Alex, so sweet. Are you, are you mad at him? No. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't expect people to just like do things for me if they do it for somebody else. Like if, if it happens, that would be great. But I'm not like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like past this like point in my life where, or I'm trying to be, I mean, obviously no one's perfect, but like, I'm trying yeah. to like limit the jealousy, you know? And uh, if I hear of a filmmaker friend of mine, who's uh, got a huge success or cast right. a, an actor in their movie or, you know, making progress or whatever, I try to just like not have that emotion pop up and I'm, and I'm just those focus on the positivity for that person and that's a great thing for them and that's awesome for them and I have my own things that are awesome for me that other people don't have so yeah cherish those opportunities and you know support other people and cherish their opportunities for them or support them or you know what you know what I'm saying like yeah try not to have that like what about Ulrich sort of like <laughs> feeling because that's stupid you know it's really stupid well I think what happens and I felt this with you too is that we were in the same kind of circle of filmmakers and especially with the podcast we have like this kind of filmmaking society building around us and so (laughs) but we're not both going to get the same opportunities so like for instance um marcella on over my dead body i remember when you told me that she was going to help you with the alternate i was like damn it he got to her first i was thinking the same thing (laughs) that i was was like all right well that's uh, now Ulrich has her like i can't tap into that opportunity and then uh the same kind of thing happened uh, a few months ago or something <laughs> when you got introduced to a producer through somebody that was on the podcast and I was like oh man Ulrich got that too so oh, it's yeah. like I think it just kind of naturally happens amongst like friends where yeah. like opportunities are going to happen to us in, in different ways and yeah we have to be careful not to get jealous or upset oh no yeah totally and I mean I think like you know most these kind of opportunities it's like you know we just forge our own and uh, yeah. and things will either happen to one of us or happen to both of us. And I think we just need to be supportive of each other. And I think there's probably opportunities for a lot of these situations where we both can benefit. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I had coffee with Rick Bosner, but you can also have coffee with Rick Bosner. I mean, you know, so. No, I can't. No, that's <laughs> you it. Can, you can't. Yeah. No, you did it, so I can't do it. Yeah. Rick's, Rick's listening like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can have coffee with anybody. <laughs> Only one of us can have coffee with Rick. No. Oh, no, I mean, but anyways, but yeah. the Alex Kellerman thing like that, you would definitely be involved in that because we'd want to like do that as like a small team. Oh, yeah. Um, so like you should definitely come in and help. Wait, I haven't talked to you about it yet, but yeah, Alex had an idea and he just thought that I would be really good at at directing it. So mm-hmm. he he said that he said I wrote it for you. He really wrote it for him, but he just thought of me as a director for it. Uh-huh. So we've been we've been talking about that. We'll see if that ever comes uh, comes to life. But the idea is that we would shoot it for like no money. Okay. It would just be like Alex as the star. We would use whatever resources we have. So um, that that could be fun. And then the other kind of like thing non feature thing is I met with a production company in San Francisco. Some ex. Uh, good be people ex agency oh, yeah. people that I used to work with they they have like a photography studio that they want to get into live action and so he's partnered with this cinematographer director guy in the bay area and they're trying to flesh out 
this production company arm of their photography studio. And so they approached me about being a director on their roster. And so I've been talking to them about doing some work. And then when I got back into the office yesterday, right after vacation, I got handed some scripts for Tostitos that I might direct and I'm going to partner with them on it. So that could be good. So we'll see. We'll see. There's some there's stuff hap, like kind of percolating. Nothing's like solid yet. So it feels doesn't feel like anything's really changed or different. But it is. It's nice to have some opportunities that I'm pursuing. Nice, awesome, man. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember you when you met with that production company. You like had said, "Oh, you know, I would recommend you as a producer for for projects with them in the future or whatever." So, yeah, I'm here. I'm down. Um, okay, if cool. They, if they need me, I don't know if they have their own producing in house or whatever. But, yeah, uh, we haven't gotten that far. I'm not sure what they're thinking either. I'm gonna talk to them today about this Tostitas project, so I'll get a better sense for like kind of where they want to head with it. Like I'm nice. guessing probably at the beginning they might want to just kind of produce it themselves, so they can try to keep as much money on their end as possible. But I'm not sure. Boo, boo, <laughs> Bring money. Bring me in. <laughs> I just produced something last week, and like you know, I I think I hadn't really done one in a while, but. Producing is like seems to be following me a lot this year. It just can't get away from falls it. Falls into my lap. I don't know. I like it. I like it when it's a budget. I mean, geez, you know, if you're gonna be yeah. able to actually pay people, which this last one I did, they didn't really have a budget. It was really small, but it was enough to make to make it us all like happy enough to do it, you know. And it yeah, was a really easy good. day, and it was kind of a fun. It was like branded content um, for Cisco, so like shooting something that's not just a sit down interview is a little bit more yep. exciting. Um, so. That was cool. But dude, you, it sounds like you have a lot to be excited about. I mean, you shouldn't be, I don't know if you're depressed, but you should be super <laughs> jazzed. Um, and like, you know, I'm you're not back depressed, from depressed No, but I am feeling like I need a change and I, I'm not sure San Francisco is the best place for me right now. What do you mean? What would the change be? I don't know. I just got an email from uh, Conrad. And he said he was moving to Europe. And I was oh, like, that yeah. sounds amazing. Or like you think about like Colin Levy and he just like he went to he got an opportunity to go direct something with Blender again in Amsterdam. I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like I just need like I need a change. Like I'd love like some big thing like that to happen. I actually would love to live and work in Japan, but I just I actually was looking for jobs while I was there. But everything requires Japanese proficiency. And I can't speak Japanese, so that sucks. It's funny, like you should speak Japanese by now, in my opinion. But that's just because I'm a a jerk. In my opinion, I should too. But, but yeah, I mean, come on, it's a really hard language. Like you know, geez. <laughs> well, I tried learning, but then yeah, once you get to like the more advanced sense and structure, then that's where I I couldn't learn anymore. I and unless I had some structured classes, and then I just you have to make a choice at some point. Do you want to focus on learning Japanese or making films? And I chose films. So I feel like that kind of thing is is like the gym, though. Like you can just work it into your daily life like like right. duolingo have you used duolingo before no it's a it's this crazy free app and i think they have any language like they they definitely have spanish italian french german i bet they have japanese on there too and it's just a free thing you download it and uh it's all almost as good as rosetta stone i'd say having used rosetta stone and used duolingo uh they're both really good and like you could literally just log on there while you're on the toilet or, you know, um, <laughs> like for 30 minutes, an hour a day, 
and just work that into your schedule and then like boom you're learning a language and i and i was doing that for spanish for a long time and then i just sort of dropped off but Mm, yeah i mean hey it can be done i'm just saying it probably can i mean there's also the podcast and keeping up with that on twitter (laughs) and facebook oh there's a lot of stuff you know, uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that that fills my my daily life, but that's you know it could all just be an excuse too. Like I would love to learn Japanese, but I feel like in order for me to get to that next level on it, I would really need to hunker down and probably take some classes and do like conversation exercises with people. And and your you wife know, can't teach you, or she's terrible at teaching me because she's uh, really? really critical. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like learning uh, French funny. from somebody from Paris. Like if you don't say something exactly right, then it's just she won't let it slide. So it's like yeah. we spend more time of her correcting me rather than just like you understood what I said, right? Let's just move on. Right, right. Yeah, my uh, my brother <laughs> tried to teach me Spanish after he was fluent, and uh, it, it did not work at all. It was terrible. <laughs> so I can I can totally understand that not working. It's funny. It's just a complete side note. I I just watched the first episode of the second season of Master of None last night, and he's like mm-hmm. living in Italy. And uh, it's so funny that you're like talking about, oh, it'd be so great to live somewhere else or go somewhere else. And, you know, because the way it looks in that show, it looks really like beautiful and totally romanticized and whatever. And, uh, yeah, of course, you know, obviously it's not going to be like that, um, you know, necessarily. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like for me, it's all about hankering down and just getting your shit done. And it's not really about where you live. <laughs> it's about you doing the work, just putting in the time writing the script, getting the money, making it all happen. And it's so much to take on, but I just kind of feel like it's up to us as filmmakers to just do it all, you know, and make it happen however we can and like not worry about what our heart wants as far as moving to different locations. (laughs) Don't worry about what our heart wants. Yeah, I just feel like I want to be inspired. And I just feel like I've lived in San Francisco for so long that like some days I'm just not inspired by it. I'm just like, I, I like it here. I really do love the city, and I and when I think about all the places that I could live in the United States, where else would I live? I cannot think of a place I'd rather be than San Francisco. But on a daily basis, do I feel inspired by the city? Not, no, not usually. Huh. There are definitely times, actually for many, many years leading up to this point, I have been really inspired by the city, but right now, mm. that's like kind of fading. And so I'm like trying to figure out like, and I guess this happens all the time, actually, me and my wife talk about this all the time. Like, where else would we go? Like, where else could we live? And we just can't think about it. Right. We just have no answer for that. Yeah. But I do, like, fantasize about, like, doing something completely different and just trying something different. It's also really scary, too, because, you know, knowing that I love San Francisco so much to, like, try something different and then not like it, that would suck. Why don't you just make a movie first and then you can worry about trying different things after you've <laughs> directed your first feature? You're telling, you're saying focus. To me, that's sort of like what I'm tra- telling myself is like, yeah, you could do anything you want, you know, but if your goal is to be a feature film director or feature filmmaker, make your feature film and and however long that takes if it takes a year six months two years four years eight years whatever time it takes just do it and then don't worry about that and just get it done then worry about the next thing yeah hopefully it doesn't take eight years but you know 
I mean, it I might. just feel like you need to stay focused. It could. I think being prepared for things to take a long time is also important because if you just start thinking like, oh, like I'm going to have my first feature done in one year. My second feature is going to be already <laughs> shooting and then I'll have like three done in two years or whatever. If you start thinking like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. I think you just need to think about one project and like how long it'll take to get that one project done. And then maybe you already have your next project on the back burner, like ready to go. Like if that one's successful or maybe multiple projects and then you can just jump from one to the other to the other but like yeah just feel think about getting one done and don't worry about the timeline necessarily at least that's what i'm trying to tell myself yeah you know this is a huge reason why i like this podcast is because i feel like whenever you hear from filmmakers they're at the end of the road and they can easily sum up like their life experience and it sounds like all nice and neat and peachy Mm -hmm. but when you're like in the middle of it and you don't know how long it's going to take and you don't know where you're headed like it's it can be frustrating yeah totally Well, it's also just inspiring to talk to people like Rebecca uh, Weaver from last week who just goes out and makes a movie like, you know, no, no experience, no money, um, don't, doesn't even own a camera between her and her boyfriend. And they just go (laughs) out and they just make a feature. It's like, Christ. Yeah, you can't, you cannot, there's no excuse for, for people like us, really. Like we should just be (laughs) making movies. Like what the hell are we doing? You know? And I'm, 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 And when you hear something, hear from someone like Curry, then you also, at least I thought, why do I have a podcast? Like Rebecca should have a podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Well, because we're we're our own people, and we're doing it a certain way. And I think we're just making make we're 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 forging our careers the way that we're forging our careers. And you know, I don't think it's necessarily about speed to get your first feature made. I think it's just finding the story that inspires you and and telling that story. So I don't know. I think that we're just taking that, taking those steps and making it happen. I just feel like, yeah, sure. We could have, you know, maybe we should have already shot our features by now. Maybe we should have done this and that or whatever, but we're only doing it at the, the rate that we can do it. And I don't think that, we should really judge ourselves because we're, we're not doing it the way that other people are doing it, you know? Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I agree. You got to stay in your lane. Yeah. Constant like comparison to others is really dangerous. And I mean, we can't help do it. We always do it. I do it constantly and I try to always stop myself, but I think you just need to stay focused on, on your own goals and what you're doing and uh, just tell the story that you want to tell. And I mean, finding that passion is really important, like to, to find something that you feel like is worth the time, that is worth putting all the effort in, you know? Um, and it sounds like you have that with Artifice, which is great. So I just say focus on that, make that great and do that. Yeah. You know? I just don't know how long it's going to take me. Yeah. It could take forever, man. It could yeah. Take it a could long take time. years to write this, which sucks. <laughs> right. But... Well, Or you decide like, hey, I am not going to be precious about this. Right. I'm just going to write the best story that I can, you know, beginning, middle and end with a conclusion that I believe in. And then if it's not perfect script, fuck it. I'm just going to go into production and then just rewrite as I go cast and cast the movie, rewrite it with my cast, change lines on set, whatever, and just be less precious about it. Cause I kind of feel like that's also important, which is like kind of contradicting, but I think being less <laughs> precious about things, especially when you're learning and when you're like not 
fully baked as a filmmaker, although I don't know what it really means to be fully baked as a filmmaker. I think we're always going to be learning and, and growing as filmmakers. I'm trying to take that advice too. It's like, you know, I could rewrite the alternate forever, but at some point I need to just call it done and, and move forward. And, and having finally done that, I mean, now I'm like thinking about, oh, how I'm, how all these things I could do to rewrite it. And I'm going to rewrite it now, but I'm, I'm already calling it done <laughs> and I'm like pushing it forward. And if people want to read the script, I'm sending it to them, you know, I'm not like waiting. Oh, I have a new draft wait 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 i'll just i'll get to that when i can but pushing it forward pushing it forward pushing it forward and i think yeah it's helping it's hard hard for me to accept that not to not do things the best that they can be because i think every script that i've done up until this point i've felt like was ready to shoot and it's only been in the aftermath i'm like oh well it really wasn't (laughs) so i feel like to go into a project knowing it's not ready to shoot i don't know if i can do that i agree that though and i think i talked about this a few months ago where sometimes you do just need to kind of like start pushing things forward let's say like okay i don't have a finished script on artifice but i know enough of the pieces that i could go into pre-production on it which i could by the time I'm ready to shoot it, my script will be ready just because I've kind of like already set the wheels into motion. Right. And I, I believe in that, but I don't believe in just, I don't, I wouldn't want to shoot a movie if I don't feel like it's ready to shoot. Right. Yeah. I would feel really uncomfortable with that. I think that it would be nice to have at least a f- one full draft before going into pre-production on something and, <laughs> and not, not go into pre-production while the script isn't even finished. But I feel like Rob Rickert would completely disagree. And he would probably say exactly what you just said. Like, you know, don't shoot a movie until it's ready. There's no point. If the script's not as good as it can be, what what's the point of shooting it, you know? And he delayed yeah. a short film for like, I think a year, maybe six months before he was ready to shoot it because of that reason. Because so, your your movie's only going to be as good as your script. So if your script's not ready, and you, your script's not as good as it can be, then your movie's not going to be as good as it can be. And there's nothing you right. can do to, to, to change that or fix it. So I feel like the best time to fix it is when you're not spending money and you right. have time to think about it. Because once you're in production, dude, there's no time to think. You're like on the ground, you're running, you're just trying to get it done. And there's no time to like be smart about stuff. You're just trying to execute the plan. So the script is the plan. And so you have to get the plan down. You have to feel confident with the plan and then you can go and execute it. But I feel like let's take artifice, for example, is like it has to do with artificial intelligence. And there's kind of like this, I was going to say robot Android, but it's not really a robot or Android technology. It's like cyborg technology. And I could start building some of that stuff, I feel, or at least like designing it and and maybe like even like location scouting and just kind of like figure out some of the elements that I'm going to need. And I did this with Spirit Machine, which is as you put some of those pieces into place, it helps you figure out how to write the script because now you already have resources so rather than writing a script based off of like nothing you have i have no idea what house i'm going to get i have no idea what i'm going to be able to pull off technology wise for like an in-camera cyborg prosthetic right if i can figure out what those things what i can pull off with my money then it'll help me write it because i'll know what the limitations are so in some ways, yeah. I could think I, as an independent filmmaker, it does help to get started a little bit. Like to for Rebecca, she had a location already and she had like a group of friends. Right. And so as she's writing it, she knows what the, the limitations of her story are. Or Robert Rod- Rodriguez, when he was doing El Mariachi, he knew the locations already. Right. And he knew the actors that he was going to use. And so he wrote his story around the resources he had. Right now, I'm not writing a story around the resources I have because... 
I don't have anything. Right. I'm just like writing, you know, writing in a vacuum. So it might help for me to help start looking. Well, if you design like what your robot's going to look like, I think that's going to help not only you as a writer, but it's going to help you as a fundraiser as well. Because if you have concept art to show off, then that's going to help yeah, people exactly. get excited, you know? So that's never a bad idea. It's just, I wish one of us, I wish we were both drawers that we could like, you know, do awesome <laughs> I know, concept right? work ourselves. And we didn't have to hire people like... You know, one of our listeners, Lucas uh, Colshaw, is like such a great artist. And, you know, he's also a filmmaker. And it's like, geez, like he can just do all his own concept art whenever he wants for whatever idea he has. And uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I wish I had that skill, but I don't. <laughs> you know. So I want to talk about what you're working on and what's going on in your life. And then we have we have to make sure that we leave probably 10 minutes at the end of the show to read iTunes reviews because we have six of them and we have to do that. Sure. Okay. Let's jump over to you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, there's a lot going on. I guess the first thing I should talk about is um, a few weeks ago or maybe even a month ago now, I uh, hired a lawyer to uh, help me with the alternate. So he's basically going to be my um, entertainment lawyer for the whole movie. So it's not just to like you know, get the LLC made or just to make contracts for investors. It's, it's for everything. So he's going to be with me through every stage of the, of the, the project all the way through distribution. So that was a big step to like, just decide I'm ready for that. And then it's time to do it. And part of the reason why I wanted to do it was because to get proper contracts for investors, uh-huh. because I was just sort of making my own and just kind of like, cobbling things together from examples I found online and I sent one to a friend of mine and just like a friend like not even a professional person and he had like all these like <laughs> questions and concerns with the contract before he would sign it for like a really yeah. tiny like uh, investment and I was like Jesus I cannot be dealing with this like this is this is stupid like you know and I don't want the money to have any kind of legal issues surrounding it so I was like it's just better to just hire a lawyer, do it professionally, have it all be above board and not worry about it and just move forward that way. And then he can also help like if someone sends me a contract, if they want to buy the movie or option it or whatever, which hasn't happened. But if that did happen, then I have a lawyer to to review my documents, you know, mm-hmm. before I sign anything. So what does that mean that you hire a lawyer? Do you, do you pay him a retainer or he just takes? Or do you, uh, How does that work? Yeah, I paid him a retainer. So we kind of like agreed on his full fee for the movie. He gave me a discount because it's a small budget. And then I paid him a portion of it up front. And then I think we were, we had like a schedule, a, r- a really rough schedule broken down for the rest of the payments. And, you know, basically there's no timeline on like when he'll stop being my lawyer for the movie. I think maybe like five to seven years or whatever like that. But yeah, he's in it for the long haul. That's cool. So I had taken some of my money. I had raised a little bit of money for the movie already. So I basically took a little bit of that and then paid him out of that amount. And then now I'm like going after investors and getting people signed on. And I got a couple meetings set up and I I just secured um, another investment um, yesterday, which is awesome. So that was great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, it feels really good. I mean, it's not like a huge amount. It's not like it's $50,000 or anything, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's multiple thousands. So 
it feels good to like get someone to believe in me enough to invest that kind of money in in my yeah. project, especially at such an early stage. So more about this lawyer. Where did you find this uh, guy? So I had been aware of George Rush for a while because um, when I had first started writing my movie, I had asked people like about entertainment lawyers in town and everyone pointed me to George. I guess he's one of the few that, that are in San Francisco. So I had called him like when I had first started writing the alternate, I think I had like maybe draft three or four done and I had called him and asked him about like oh you know like when should I hire a lawyer like or when when is it time to start my LLC and, and whatever and he basically said like when you raise any amount of money then call me and then uh, I didn't raise any money for for until now basically <laughs> so right. then I was I was having coffee with Rick and I was at, talking to him about like what I should do next and we were going over all these different things and he was like man it sounds like you just need to get your lawyer going uh, and then he recommended George and I was like yeah I know George uh, yeah okay well I'll call George on Monday and I, I did and then we set up a meeting that next day and then boom hired him gave him a check boom off to the races so it was nice. really like Rick who like kind of pushed me to like yeah let's get serious now like you're ready you know you have this movie you're gonna make it uh, you should hire your lawyer. Like, and then I was asking him like, well, if I hire my lawyer, like what if somebody wants to buy the movie or what if somebody wants to do this or that, or a production company wants to work with me, is that going to turn them off if I have a lawyer? And he's like, if they're a real company that is serious and not going to rip you off, then no, it won't. Like mm -hmm. it's smart. They'll just think that you're a smart person for having a lawyer attached to your movie. So I was like, okay, done easy. Yeah. No downside. No downside. Exactly. I mean, besides the money, which I mean, I feel like. <laughs> It, it's in the budget for my movie anyways for the lawyer. So it's sort of like I'm going to spend that money at some point. Might, might as well spend some of it now to get it going, you know? Yeah. So How much should people budget for a lawyer in their in their film? I was told 10000 Um For I, any budget? I, I don't know. I mean, that was just for like a low budget movie, I think. But um, I, I went, I mean, I'm not going to say how much he uh, agreed to you know, whatever to come on board just because I don't want to yeah. call them out like that. But that's what I heard. It was like 10,000. But I, I don't know. Other producers should, should chime in and say like what, you know, the proper amount is. But that's what someone told me or some producers told me. So I kind of had kept that in Always mind. put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then he's going to help with like the SAG contracts when that time comes and, you know, making my company a SAG signatory, you know, and all that deal. So yeah, it's just like, you know, going to be super helpful to have him um, there just to deal with the contracts. And, you know, he's a producer as well. And he does this for tons and tons of filmmakers and tons and tons of movies. So he just, he know, he's seen it all, you know, and like, he's just yeah. a really good person to have in my corner. That's great. And then when do you start your LLC? It's, it started. I just got my Oh. paperwork yeah so that was the first thing that we did and and that's basically so that we can take investments i'm gonna open a bank account for the movie under the llc and then all the investments i get will go through there and like everybody will write checks to the alternate movie llc and not not to me um oh, yeah directly to all purcell yeah exactly so that that's all oh it's alternate film llc yeah <laughs> i like that better alternate film that's more classy alternate film that's yeah. so cool so did he give you any advice on the number of investors? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He said, just, you know, get the money however you can. Yeah. He, he's like, you know, anybody will get a percentage, even if it's like a tiny amount, you know, like whatever. It's all going to be 
done through a system. If someone wants to invest 500 bucks, they'll get whatever fraction of a point that $500 is worth. Yeah. I just need to like start getting people to uh, to write the checks, and I have a, a list of people who like kind of agreed to invest certain amounts, and then I have people who have already actually given me money, and so I have to like go back retroactively and get them to sign paperwork so they become official investors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I just got to keep on setting up meetings and, and meeting with people and sitting down and just getting each each piece by piece and, and having that pot grow. And I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take me to raise the money. It literally could take me years to get all the money I need. I just feel like being really smart about it and, and setting up a system for reaching out to people and sitting down with potential investors, I think is important. That's a shout out to Mark Madrigal, who kind of talked me through the best ways to reach out to investors and how to approach, you know, talking to people about becoming an investor. So he he has a whole system that he uses because he does it for a living. So yeah, he kind of helped me with that process, you know. Mm-hmm. This episode's amazing because uh, all the names that we're throwing out are like people that we've met through the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Exactly. It's like this <laughs> little community that we built through people that we've met through the podcast is now like turning into... Uh, advisors some, yeah people that are advising like rick bosner is helping you out and mark magical is helping you out i'm working with alex kellerman on something yeah. you me and i might work together on something so it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome that like this podcast is bringing people together yeah it's pretty cool and not just us it's happening outside of us too like yeah. we've heard stories of people teaming up because of the podcast i want to hear more of those stories i think that's really great putting the alternate aside that's that's one thing that's going and doing its thing which is great and i'm going to keep on pushing that forward but then i got another project that sort of fell in my lap a few weeks ago but i I can't really talk about it right now we're going to kind of keep it under wraps for now Uh, all i'll say is that i'm writing a project Mm -hmm, nice there's a little money behind it even better and i'm partnering with a couple people and we're on the very beginning stages but basically it means that brother is getting put on the back burner because this is the project that i need to focus my a creative writing energy too. And is this a feature, web series, commercial, short film? Feature. Nice. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. So it, it could end up being my first feature. We don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it could be a lot of things. Like it could be like the alternate happens and then right after this one happens, it could be this one happens and then by making this movie, like it'll help get the alternate made. Who knows, you know? But I mean, basically I when I sat down with them about this, I was like, well, this is the other things I have going on. This isn't going to, I'm not going to stop working on this, but I'll focus all my energy into getting this project going as far as creative goes you know my business brain i'll still focus on the alternate and did this come about through anybody through the podcast um is this an isolation this is kind of more an isolation but (laughs) but more but more of like through other people that i know and through other projects that i've i've made i think that he actually listens to the podcast um one of my one of my partners on this thing so that's kind of fun. I, I'm pretty sure it was because like doing research into who I, who I am and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We just kind of decided like I was I wasn't sure if I should even talk about it because it's so so new and so so fresh. But I felt like I should just at least mention a little bit about it. Yeah, because in two months when we do another one of these solo podcasts, then you'll have an update and it won't be the first time we're hearing about it. Exactly. Yeah. We'll probably. I mean, I don't know when we're gonna announce anything. I think probably just get the script written first but yeah it's it's exciting and it's it's also an idea that i'm passionate about too i didn't generate the idea obviously but i i'm basically i got hooked by it like really big big time so mm-hmm. it's something that like i i feel 
the same kind of passion for like I feel for the alternate or something. So it's exciting. It's I mean, I think that's like the, the needed component, right? Like if, if someone came to me and was like, oh, I have whatever, <laughs> some resources and an, an idea, but I didn't like the idea. Like, I don't think I could really jump behind it, you know, or mm-hmm. I would like try to change it into something that I like. <laughs> but it's just nice when it's like something that you're like, oh, yeah, this is super cool. Like, I really believe in this, this thing that you have, then it's like kind of easy to jump on board and, st- and start taking it seriously. It feels really good when you're being approached about stuff that you can get excited about. I mean, and it's one of those situations where, you know, you get sent things all the time, right? And you could have just been like, oh, I don't really have time to read this right now. Or, oh, I don't really care. But I, I just I think it just goes to show like whatever someone sends you, just read a little bit of it because it might hook you right away and then all of a sudden it's this new thing that you're doing and that's sort of what happened to me like I read 10 pages of of whatever this guy sent me which I'm not going to discuss but uh and then I, I was just like, whoa, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So then I just, just took it from there. And uh, yeah, this this thing it was like, it was within a week. We basically sat and and, and had a handshake deal. And like now we're like, we're, we're off to the races. That's great. What are you guys waiting for? Like, why is this not an official announcement? Because there's no, there's no script, I think. And I think there's, because yeah. pulling back the curtain slowly is sort of part of the idea. And especially since like, we, we kind of probably want to come up with a plan of how to announce it as well. You're just trying to be smart about this this project, about how to okay. how to bring it to to the people. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I I literally literally emailed the team last night and was like, "So I'm gonna record this podcast tomorrow. Like, what should I say?" And they're like, uh, and "Then we just nothing. Discussed. Say nothing. Say a little." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like this sense of mystery. Well, I mean, I think it's very common, right? Like, and that's what most people do is like, you know, when you're working on something, you're not really supposed to talk about what it is, especially on a bigger budget level. But I mean, obviously, in indie filmmaking, it's more like, oh, you're doing something. Oh, my gosh, let's hear about everything that you're doing. So it's so exciting <laughs> that you're actually getting to do something so cool, yeah. you know. Well, but, I have mixed feelings about this whole episode because everything we're talking about is all like speculation. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know if any of these opportunities are going to pay off, if they're going to go anywhere. And I kind of hate talking about that stuff. Right. But at the same time, I feel like we owe it to the listeners to for them to know, like, what what's happening in our lives. And they can find out, like, does this lead anywhere or does it not? And, like, I think that's part of being a filmmaker is that you're always going to have a bunch of opportunities. But I would say in my life probably 80% of them right. don't work out. Well, I don't know. The thing about the alternate is like, you know, because we were talking about, oh, you had a lot of momentum earlier, like when you were doing all those, getting all that feedback and taking the steps and moving forward. And then it sort of slumped for a while. And then like, it wasn't really pushing forward. And I feel like hiring the lawyer mm-hmm. and getting the, the first bit of investments in is like sort of like that steam taking off on that yeah, project Yeah, that's again. great. I'm really happy that you did that. Because yeah, I'd, you were... I felt like you were a little stuck. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it, it's just all a learning process. And I and I think that now in the next, the, the movies I make later on, like I'll know like more about like what processes to take and to get a project, getting it off the ground, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you believe in it and, and you're ready to, to move forward and make the movie. Hire a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> get get that going yeah. or, or bring in a little bit of money however you can and then hire the lawyer, you know, like, like, yeah, whatever steps it takes. I have one more thing to talk about, but should we save it for the next episode and just do these, these uh, reviews? What is it? Did I mention, did I talk about on the podcast, the 360 short film that I've been working on? No. <laughs> so, oh, did you? I know you told me about it, but I don't know if you talked. No, you probably didn't because it's been so long since we've talked just the two two of us. 
So uh, a DP friend of mine owns this really fancy 360 camera that's got like eight 2K cameras um, on it around in a circle, like eight 2K lenses. So he was like shooting just whatever, like dance performances, like some karate classes, like just whatever you, you can with it just to show off the technology and put you in this virtual space. But we, we met for coffee um, about something else and... He was like, yeah, if you have a 360 movie idea, shoot it to me. Like, I want to make a 360 movie and, like, actually use this camera for something narrative-based. And so I was like, eh, okay. Like, I've always been, like, kind of a down-talker on virtual reality and 360 <laughs> movies. Like, just uh -huh. sort of like, oh, that's not for me. That's a different medium. But then as soon as this guy gave me an opportunity, like, I was just driving around and I had a movie idea. I wrote it. I sent it to him. And he liked it. And now we're we're going to make this movie. And we had a meeting a couple weeks ago about the script. And, you know, we already have a location. We already have the camera. And then I got a couple key crew people interested in it. So I've already got like a couple of my keys, the location, the camera. So now I just need to cast it. And we're off to the races. So it looks like we're going to make this movie, which is pretty yeah. insane. Shoot date set? Not yet, but that's like the next step. I, I, I want to do one rewrite on the script just to sort of pull it back a little bit. It was kind of violent and kind of gory, um, especially <laughs> Sounds for... About right. Yeah, and I mean, especially for a 360 <laughs> movie where you can't really hide anything, like where all the practical effects have to be hidden on the actor. Right. Um, you know, I just sort of felt like, well, let's let's not do so much blood. Let's do like a little less blood, <laughs> um, just because. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to make it too impossible for our visual effects person, which I still haven't I haven't gotten that special effects person on board yet, but I hope to. What's the name so of this? It's called. I think right now I, I just called it handheld diners. The premise is these two, this couple eating dinner and they're just looking at their phones and they're just locked on their phones the whole time while they're eating and they're not really interacting with each other and they're not really aware of their environment. And basically a home invasion happens while they're on their phones. So the idea is that if you're watching in 360, you can be watching them talk to each other and like interact while they're on their phones but then you can also see the them getting broken into at the same time, you know, depending on where you're looking in the 360 environment so that's sort of like the basic basic premise of it uh but i want to do a rewrite and just sort of like you know pull up. and i'm sure that's not going to be the title i'm i don't think handheld <laughs> handheld diners doesn't really say what the movie is i don't know we have to figure think of a new title so but, uh, where's the where are we sitting as an audience so you move around so that's the thing is most of these 360 movies are just one angle and they don't they don't cut or anything so for this one i wanted to try to bring in some more traditional um narrative uh cinema tools to it and sort of do some cuts and yeah we just have to figure out exactly how that's going to work but i think you'll be sitting in the center center of the dining dining room table a lot of the time but then you also kind of be behind over the shoulder on some actors and then you'll also be with the robbers at certain moments as well i'm going to try to do it more more traditional cinema it's going to be really i think one of the reasons why people don't do that is because the commute computing power to process a shot and to stitch it all together is really a lot you basically have to stitch everything together for each angle and then once you have it all stitched then you have to cut that all together so it's going to like the pro post process on this thing is going to be insane and then you have to hide the camera uh, or the stand in each shot too so you have to do <laughs> like a lot of times what they do is you just see the stand in shot but for us, I think we'll have to do like, you know, a plate shot for the bottom angle. Yeah. So we'll have to shoot the actual scene and then we'll have to put the stand in a different position and then shoot again for a plate for the bottom angle. So you can like then take those two and stitch those.
those together, which is another like headache, which is insane. It's going to be a lot of technical work, but... Uh, Sounds fun though. But I yeah, like that kind of stuff. I like that kind of problem solving aspect of filmmaking. Yeah. And like, where are we going to hide all the lights? Because usually people just shoot them with natural lighting, but we're going to try to like bring out a lighting truck and, you know, use a bunch of HMIs to like flood light through the house. So like, you know, you won't see any of the lights because they'll all be like stationed outside the house around it and just shooting through the windows and then we'll augment inside like with a few different lights and probably just use brighter light bulbs and all the fixtures just to sort of you know level out the interior one of the pitches to people is that like this is a new thing that people aren't really doing and probably all the crew that we're working with have never done anything like this before so it's like really a fun learning experience and a fun experiment for us all to do and all, all to try something new um so that's sort of like the the hook I'm trying to use to bring people in on the project for free is like, Hey, like we don't have any money, but like we have this, these great tools. We have this house, we have this idea. Let's all make a movie together, you know, and try something new so far. So good. We'll see yeah. if it works. Is this an official announcement? Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, I don't really, I mean, I can't spend any of my own money on this and the, the DP who's bringing all the equipment, he's already putting forward $50,000 of equipment towards this project. So I'm not going to ask him to, to split the cost with me. So I'm just basically going to try to do a, a quick little Indiegogo or Kickstarter thing for the project just to bring in money to pay for food and then maybe rent a couple of pieces of a different gear. Because I guess there's like these 360 mics that you can rent or buy that will capture a sound in 360. And I guess you're supposed to put the mic like right next to the camera so you won't see the the mic in the shop it'll just be right there and then yeah it'll capture the the sound in this like sort of built-in 5.1 or 7.1 right 360 way or whatever so i don't know i mean <laughs> i don't know if people are going to give a shit about a 360 movie if they're going to want to <laughs> you know throw in five dollars to help us make this happen but uh you'll find out i kind of feel like you know i, I i'm always really te- like sort of careful about when to go to crowdfunding but i feel like this pr- sort of project is sort of perfect for crowdfunding because it's something that wouldn't exist without it unless I was just to put up my own money to pay for food. But I, I just, I, I've done that so much. Like I can't, I just can't be putting my personal money towards filmmaking anymore just because draw the line in the sand right now. And like, I'm not going to do it. You have to be able to figure out how to raise the money. Like that's part of being a filmmaker. We've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. you know, and crowdfunding is a great tool in order to do that. And I feel like you're basically approaching the community and saying, Hey, you guys all like 360 movies. They're, they're getting millions and millions of hits online. Even like just the ones that are just so boring. They're like getting millions and millions of, of views. So people want to see this content. So if you really want to see this, this is what it like that $5 or whatever will really help um, get it made, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good pitch. If you want to see it, help us get it made. Exactly. And if not, it won't exist. Exactly. <laughs> so I should probably, yeah. that's like another thing I should do this week is like just do my, my Kickstarter video for this project. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So just to recap, Ulrich has started his LLC and hired a lawyer. He just got a, some funding for the alternate He is attached to write a feature, and he is attached to write and direct a 360 short. And I should say, I'm actually attached to write, produce, and direct the feature that I'm writing. So it's it's not just writing it. I'm I'm already guaranteed the director position as well. There you go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, why would I write something if I'm not going to get to direct it? I'm not like... (laughs) I'm not like Alex Kellerman. I'm not like a writer, writer for real. I mean, maybe one day, but I'm I'm more like writing to direct than anything. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. That's great. 
Yeah, man. Exciting times. So, wow, guys, I hope that episode wasn't just completely boring for everybody. Just us talking, talking about ourselves for an hour. But, uh, well, that's I the last, a lot. that's the last we're going to do for probably a while. We saw, we have so many more guests coming up. We, we already have like a list going of people we're going to talk to. So this yeah. might, might be it. Actually, next week is going to be our 104th episode and we're going to just the two of us sit down and talk and then bring in some of our listeners to uh, talk some subjects with us. So that'll be fun. It'll be a little different than this, but it'll be just us for the most part. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we have three guests and I guess, yeah, I guess that'll take up most of the time, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how, how you're going to edit them down, but I mean, we have 30 minutes each person. (laughs) So that's like, what, that's already 90 minutes of content that doesn't even involve us. Um, yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll see. see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's do these iTunes reviews because the we have iTunes reviews from March 21st that we haven't read. Wow. Do it. All right. So the first one is titled, Just Recently Started Listening by Jake the Epicrake. I don't know what that means. Okay. It's a five-star review. He says, nice. <laughs> I've been binging this since I've discovered it. It's quickly become my favorite filmmaking podcast. Favorite, Ulrich. Timothy and Ulrich give a perspective you don't really hear anywhere. And for me, it's inspiring. It feels like you're in the trenches with them. I also like how they'll ask questions of guests that need to be asked, but probably wouldn't be asked on any other podcast. Definitely a must listen for any filmmakers out there. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love this. I love this review. That's Pretty, pretty great. <laughs> I'm so happy that we're somebody's favorite filmmaking podcast. Yeah. This that people listen at all is enough for me. Like, I don't need to be anyone's favorite, but that's that's pretty amazing that we are someone's favorite. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> the next one is by Pro.Creator. You're not alone. What these gentlemen do for artists like me is remind me I'm not alone in my thoughts of frustration, passion, and artistic struggle to create. Listen to hear smart, honest, insightful filmmakers talking their way through their own journey. They might not realize how much they assist by just reminding us we are not alone. Their kindness is not just for the podcast. An email I sent was answered with deference and kindness, and it meant a lot. If you're a filmmaker, carve out some time for these guys. This is the review that like meant a lot to me because like I'm so happy that people like we have been getting a lot of emails lately and i'm happy that our answers to those emails are being being taken you know in the light that we're giving them you know giving back that we're we are trying to like expand this beyond just the podcast like we are there for everyone if they if they need us to read something watch something just talk about something off the air like you know send us an email let us know what's on your mind like we're here for you yeah totally exactly we always try to answer emails as quickly as possible. And I feel yeah. like we, we almost always do. I mean, maybe we've forgotten a couple in there, but I mean, I think you're pretty good at not letting anything slip. So. I try not to, but yeah, it's, it's harder the more emails we get, but yeah, you know, if, if you have sent us an email and you're still waiting to hear back, just send it again and just say, Hey guys, I haven't heard from you, but I think we've answered all of them at this point. I think so. Uh, from April 24th by George in SF episode 97 is top notch george says very excited to dig into more episodes of this podcast thanks for the fantastic interview with scott kirschenbaum the conversation was very thoughtful and inspiring and his of woman born project is fascinating nice awesome 
Scott Kirschenbaum fan. Yeah, I'm really glad that someone is that people are responding to the episode because um, it's a really different episode for us. But I, I really, I'm glad that people dug it because I really dug it. I thought it was really cool. Hey, I pulled these up. Should I read this next one? Sure. So the title is A Great Balance of Motivational and Practical, Five Stars by Short Film Lab. I'm a late 40s dad making short films with my kids. While making shorts is currently a hobby, we are moving forward in a way that could make it more than a hobby someday. Could in in quotation marks. <laughs> this is largely due to Ulrich and Timothy making movies is hard. While I listen to a handful of movie making related podcasts, making movies is hard is always in my top one to two. Not his favorite, t- just top one and two. That, that's great. I'll take it. Alark <laughs> <laughs> and Timothy are open, honest, and both encouraging and discouraging. That said, I love their real practical conversations, both with each other and their guests, about their success, their failures, their dreams, and their aspirations. These two are both motivational and practical, which helps my kids and me produce and not just consume. I rated four and not five for language. I would like to share with my kids, but the podcast usually does earn its parental advisory label <laughs> yeah when i read this i was like huh, i wonder if we should try to clean up the show and then i realized that that's just the way we talk and yeah and i don't want i don't want to try to censor ourselves i don't know i mean yeah you always hear on the um you know the script notes podcast they always do a little um you know warning if there's bad dialogue in the episode just so like <laughs> people won't have it on with their kids in the car. Maybe we should start to grow up and do that too, but I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like that's just sort of our, our punk rock brand of filmmaking. Yeah, man. We're hardcore, man. I don't know. It's not like we swear a bunch, but every episode, something comes out and not just us, but our guests too. I think that's just the way people talk. Yeah. I just get really passionate sometimes and get excited. And I think swearing comes out when I get excited or passionate, but I'm actually pretty sure we haven't sworn this episode, which, uh, this might be a clean one. This might be a clean one. So Um, short film lab, you can share this one with with your kids, but that's awesome that, um, that somehow this podcast is helping them make films, him with his kids. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I, I, I want to really see the, this work that they're doing. I'd love to see the movies that he's making with his, with his kids. That'd be really cool to see what, what people are doing Yeah, out there. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to read, read this last one or should I read it? You can do it. All right. Great podcast by Pre- Previs Fan 94. No, or- I think it's just... P- P- v- no, PVRIS fan 94. Uh, oh, no, it's PVIS. Oh, RIS. Gosh, I thought it was PVIS fan or PREVIS fan. I don't know. Well, tell us what that means, uh, PVRIS fan 94. I'd love to know what that is. <laughs> I really like this podcast. It's great hearing from other filmmakers who are trying to just follow their passion. It definitely has shown me that I'm not the only one struggling through it and just needing to make movies. Great show. Thanks, man. That was five stars. Um, yeah, dude, I really love, I really appreciate that people are listening to us and digging it and that we're, you know, making some sort of impact on people and that, you know, the conversations are, um, you know, being, being digested and, and people are learning from them. Cause I feel like we learn from them, right? Like that's why we have them. Yeah. I mean, selfishly, this whole podcast is helping us. And as you heard through this entire episode, all these people that we're meeting on the podcast outside of the podcast have been helping us, but also like you, I'm sure you hear like almost every podcast, the reason that we ask the questions we do is because we're trying to learn something. We're trying to gain something from the conversation. 
And so like selfishly, we get so much out of it. So to have other people respond to it and other people listen to it and get something out of it too is like a, a reward on top of a reward. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, I just was looking at our little breakdown here and we have 64 ratings, 63 or five stars, and we have one, one star. Um, <laughs> yeah. and it's not, that? yeah, it's not like there's no review tied to it that I see. There's no written words to the one star. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Hey, it's fine that people don't dig us. Um, but I, I kind of, I'm curious as to what they don't like about it. So if you're listening, probably not. If you give us a one star, you wouldn't listen. But if you are listening, <laughs> uh, yeah, send us an email and tell us why we're a one star and we'll try to correct it. Although it's probably like, you just don't like, uh, people talking about filmmaking or like maybe we're not, we're, we're to you, we're not successful enough to have the, the conversations that we're having. Um, but, but we, we like to try to make it the point that we're not successful, uh, yet. So we're just talking about this as, as somebody else who's struggling, you know, like just to relate to other people who are doing this. Cause there's so many people making movies, uh, at so many different levels. So we're just trying to be the voice of the people doing it at the lower level, you know? You are successful, Ulrich. We're both successful. <laughs> yeah. I we just haven't say... <laughs> reached the level of success that you would ex- normally expect somebody to have before they had their own podcast. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what does success even mean? It's hard. It's such a, you know. I, Go back I think to it... episode 13 and listen. Oh, yeah. Did we define it? We defined it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you forgot already, huh? I don't know. That's a long time ago, man. How many years is that? Like a year and a half at least? Maybe. <laughs> you to go back. It's a good yeah. episode. Oh, gosh. I don't even listen to our new episodes. How oh, actually, to our old it's episode? episode 14. What is success? Oh, well. Yeah, we basically define success as just being able to make your films. Right. That's a very like, you know, cuddly, warm, you know. <laughs> positive version <laughs> which i think is the way that you should think about it too i mean i don't know i think we you need to encourage yourself and encourage others just to go after what you're trying to do and and don't put any limits on oh who should make movies and who shouldn't like we if you want if you have a toy, story to tell go out and tell it you know y- you know whatever anyways this has gone too long we should probably put the brakes on this thing huh yeah let's wrap it up oh uh i know that we don't really do share corner anymore but i just wanted to say i saw a movie called uh their finest this weekend in the theater which um isn't a type of movie i normally see in the theater but it was really really good and i cried and i laughed and i kind of felt like oh this is the first movie this year that i think might pop up in oscar time so check it out their finest it's about the making of the movie about Dun- the D- battle at dunkirk during the war in london and it's just like a it's a filmmaking story about making a movie uh, with a strong female lead and it's really cool. And Bill Nighy is so charming in it. It's unbelievable. So check out their finest. I just wanted to shout that out really quick. Cool. Well, thanks Ulrich for another great episode and thanks everyone <laughs> for listening. Check out our website, making where you can find links to the things we talked about in this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. And if you like the show, leave a review on iTunes. We love those. And um, you can also share us out on Twitter and Facebook. Just let people know that we're out there and that we're worth listening to. That's it. That's our show for the week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye-bye.